0: Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined this week by Alicia Walker. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hello. Josh Dean. Hello. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Zach Roland. Hey. And this week we are discussing Josh's Suggestion Thoroughbreds from 2018 uh, or 2017. Um, and uh, first we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Christine, what have you been watching lately?
1: Um, Mostly I have been watching uh, Pushing Daisies because they just put it up on HBO Max. And I haven't seen that show since it aired originally. And I... Loved it uh, since I was in high school when it originally aired. And it was fascinating to me. And I just was amazed that it was finally up on HBO Max. And I rewatched a movie that my siblings and I loved when we were kids uh, called The Stupids. I don't know. Oh, yeah. With Tom Arnold? Yes. (laughs) And it was... Just as hilarious as I remembered. So that was a good trip down memory lane.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Possibly Tom Arnold's finest moment. Exactly.
1: Uh, What was Pushing
0: Daisies on originally?
1: ABC. I believe ABC, yeah.
0: Okay. So HBO Max put that up. Yeah, I was talking about how HBO Max has Babylon 5 now but not just Babylon 5 they've actually gone through the trouble of properly formatting it for your screen Hmm. um which they didn't do for the home video release and they didn't do for um the version that was and may still be on Amazon um but apparently now it's all fixed up and and shiny I have I have to get to check it out but
2: um, well, so <laughs> I I was I did not watch Babylon Five the first time around, and I saw your text. Believe it or not, I jumped right out there and watched the pilot and part of the fir- the second episode. Okay, uh, it looks god awful, at least as far as the graphics, uh, the space graphics. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's about one step higher than uh, flying toasters, but yeah. you know I I once I kind of figured you out have no it was idea really that. Yeah, I, I know. But once I figured out... No I have mean, no
0: idea what an improvement it is.
2: Well, okay. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's still pretty awful. Uh, yeah. The costumes are pretty awful. The makeup's pretty awful. The acting, especially for some of the aliens, is a little over the top. Right. But I will say... You know, having only watched a pilot at this point for a pilot, the story was good. Um, It it was worth sitting through and enjoying. So, uh, I'm going to try to slog through season one and and see how it goes. Uh, So I try to have more enthusiasm than that. But there you go.
0: I got you. I I need to give my spiel on Babylon Five, which is um, that the entire story of Babylon Five was written before they shot the first scene the entire five-season arc was written. They had figured it out. They knew what the story was going to be. And they had some major hurdles along the way, um, one of them being the first season, season's budget, which is atrocious, and the first season is one of the worst-looking seasons of television ever made. Um, another of them was that the... Uh, uh, essentially, the well, this is where we... We, we debate talking about spoilerific things or not, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, one of the main characters uh, they decided was not handsome enough when it switched networks uh, around season two-ish, I think. And so suddenly there'll be this new sort of lead of the show and happy Bruce Boxleitner day, I guess. Um, he shows up in it. Um, they get a lot better as far as the quality of the costumes, the filmmaking, the acting, all of that stuff. As things go along, um, it switched networks a couple of times. It kept switching time slots. It is extremely serialized, um, unlike something like Star Trek, where you can just watch an episode and get a whole story. Um, all of Babylon Five is connected. It's it's a very uh, it, it is an epic storytelling thing, similar to what uh the the reboot re- redone version of uh Battlestar Galactica was but this was in the mid 90s um and the final seasons aired on TNT that was the upgrade they, when they went to TNT it was an upgrade they were on like uh <laughs> like one of the like uh failed networks that uh was around when when like the CW was two different networks, they were like on one of those uh, at, at the beginning. And so um, I actually saw all of this for the first time on VHS that people had taped off of TV and then caught up enough to watch like the last two seasons live on TNT. Um, at, at any rate, you can actually watch the freaking show now, um, which is great. So uh, stick with it. Uh, If you get to like, I don't know, three or four episodes in the season two and you're like, I'm still not feeling this, it's probably not for you. Um, But the fact that you like are actually seeing that there's a story behind all of the mess that is the production of season
2: one, it's a good sign. I kind of look at it as like it's if you just write off the visuals Right. It's a, it's a really good radio play, if nothing else. Sure. <laughs> so far. So, I mean, I and I don't have a problem with that. I've got things I can look down and do while I'm listening, so uh, I can just look up enough to see it, you know. Uh, anything for that era looks pretty god-awful when you blow it up real big and you can see all its warts. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I... Uh-oh.
3: It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was, what did, I, did I, I miss something? Or, or, I, 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 I... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I fell asleep a while ago.
2: <laughs> well, we were talking about Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, uh, now so... I get it. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, I, I noticed especially like, you know, rack focusing is like non-existent on some of these shows where you'll see like whoever was operating the camera was basically nonplussed by the focus feature of their camera and they'll have the background or the weeds and the front foreground will be way in focus. And the main character talking will be a blurry mess. Yeah. Which you might not have noticed back in the day.
0: Yeah. I mean, J. Michael Straczynski, who is the writer and creator of the show came up with the basis of it and he sold it to like literally one of the, one of those upstart television networks that came along after Fox and didn't make it, and and the reason that uh, it, it was it was like part of like an action pack or some crazy wackiness, and you couldn't get it everywhere, and and then TNT like saved it at the last minute and did the last two seasons, and uh, and that's kind of how it it is even known about anymore. But um, since I've I've already taken up a lot of your time I will just go ahead and finish out by saying the thing that I watched <laughs> this week um, I I finished my rewatch of Justified I'm going through a bunch of uh, TV shows that I've seen before uh, now that they're on Blu-ray the Justified Blu-ray is immaculate beautiful um, well worth watching um, season five still sucks season four still probably the best out of everything um, and they wrap it up really nicely in season six and then um, I was talking a little bit before we started rolling about um, the fact that I saw The Gentleman uh, yesterday, the latest Guy Ritchie film, uh, which is wonderful. It is it is way better than it has any right to be. Um, I watched it because my wife is a big fan of Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy, and he's sort of the, the co-lead of the movie with... Matthew McConaughey, uh, Hugh Grant, Michelle Doherty. It's fantastic. Um, Action packed all the way to the walls. Uh, It's a mystery all the way through the whole thing. It's a, it's a crime drama all the way through the whole, through the whole thing. Um, Really funny. um, Spectacularly funny. Cannot believe how much stuff they fit into an hour and 53 minutes it's amazing it's incredible and then i watched thoroughbreds and i was like i need to slow down i need to slow it down because i'm expecting way too many things to happen right now out of my screen between the last couple episodes of justified and a guy Ritchie movie it's like A movie where two girls talk for an hour and a half is is slow compared to what I'm used to, so I need to just settle it down. Um, Zach, how about you? What have you been watching lately?
3: Uh, Let's see here. I uh, did a nice little rewatch of Hot Fuzz. It's always a fun one to touch back on. Um, You know, those guys are Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, just really good with their satire, so that was good. Fun. Uh, I watched Mr. America, the Tim Heidecker sort of mockumentary yeah. about him running for district attorney. Uh, I love Tim Heidecker stuff and that whole quirky sense of humor. Um, and I thought that was pretty good. I thought it was really well done. A lot of great parallels to um, just everything that happened in the last four years. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the way that he talks about government and I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it's a great, great satire, great parody. Yeah. Um, So yeah, if you guys like any of that kind of stuff, if you haven't seen that, definitely good. I think it's on Hulu, if anybody wants to check that out. Um, And then uh, Finish Up Norseman was so good. There's only three seasons on Netflix. There's six episodes each, but they're so worth it. Um, Especially the third season takes you on a little bit of a, uh, a, a, a different direction that a lot of people on this podcast are not big fans of, but I think that they served the the show well overall so that's all that's all i'll say it, it's a it's a flashback yeah, that's fine <laughs> yeah um uh i've been watching some of the uh quibi episodes of reno nine one one um got someone who uh, uh hijacked those uh from the uh unknown parts of the internet and <laughs> somehow we've also got known him, as so quibi watching those <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just a uh, couple of thing, couple of little things. Alicia, how about you?
4: Uh, we continued watching some of the ones we've been watching, like The Stand, and a little bit of. Uh, I think we got into episode two of Bridgerton. It's getting a little better. I, I'll keep watching it. I think maybe Nathan will keep watching it too. Uh, speaking of um, Hot Fuzz, we watched another Timothy Dalton because we watched License to Kill. Uh, so. That was good. I, of course, have seen it a million times. I don't think Nathan had maybe seen it as much for that one. Um, I'm, You know, something I'm enjoying this week is Ted Lasso, which I did not think I would like. In fact, to be honest, I'd kind of been avoiding it. Um, and anytime anybody mentioned it, I'd be like, you know, I know somebody who says Jason Sudeikis is an asshole, so I'm just letting <laughs> you know. Uh, that's you, Zach. So <laughs> yep. I, you know, i kind of one. been avoiding it and then more and more people that I kind of trusted their opinion on stuff was like it's actually pretty good it's it's like sweet but not too sweet and it's got some good humor and so I don't know if any of you guys have checked it out and maybe you haven't didn't like it but but I'm on maybe episode five now and it's just it's 30 minutes and it's light and it's got a few fun parts and uh isn't
0: that on peacock
4: no it's on Apple plus no was know, it's, it Apple that's TV it. that's Apple why TV. I haven't
0: seen it everyone yeah. i've heard from that has seen it has liked it so
4: yeah and that was me too and i i just i had seen his character when he had done the promo stuff for major league soccer i think it was this how that character got started a couple of years ago or whatever it was and it was fine i mean it was a little too playing dumb midwesterner and i think that's kind of what bothered me a little bit at the time um but he's pretty endearing and i mean and and they got a big kansas city play up although they're still kind of going more for the kansas city kansas thing which is fine it exists but you know it was everybody always thinks that it's always kansas but um but yeah it i i'm really enjoying that um movie wise we didn't watch as much this week uh one we did watch was the assistant um Mm -hmm. with uh julia garner Garner. thank you (laughs) and uh not jennifer no, Julia. And I um, I have to say I was multitasking a little bit, so I think I missed a few of the subtleties of stuff they had showed on the screen. I think it was one of those oh, like...
0: Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. movie you kind of have to like turn everything totally else focus off on. on. Yeah. yeah.
4: But I didn't do it through the whole movie. I kind of was doing it just for like maybe the first 30 minutes while Nathan was very much more focused on it. And I did ask those questions that you don't want to ask people like you know, just watch it and don't ask me what happened. But I did do that a little bit at the beginning, but I, I really enjoyed it. I liked um Nathan made a, a point about how good the sound was on that. And some of that stuff I don't always think about until somebody says something about that. And I was like, that is actually really good how they how it they kind did of makes that, and, the movie. Yeah. All those mm-hmm. little background hints and sounds and office noises and stuff like that. And then the stuff of course that you see, but you don't see. And and yeah, I thought it was really well done. I, I, I need to watch it again sometime in the future, not immediately, and and kind of pick up on more of that stuff. I knew basically what it was about, but but not uh, very in depth. So Yeah, the ele- yeah.
0: elevator pitch for that movie is uh, that it follows a character who is an assistant at a movie production company um, that is going through a similar situation as what the Weinstein company went through. And it's not directly about that, but it's about it, it's about that tangentially. Like that sort of happening around her as she goes right. about her day.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. I thought it was good. So I've been watching pretty good stuff here lately, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think that's two movies this year we've had that I, I really noticed the sound on. I think, you know, the Oscars always gives it to some action movie. But I think between this one and The Sound of Thunder, I, I think I've seen a couple this year that really stand out for... The so sound, sound, sound of metal or the sound of thunder. Sorry, so, uh, sound of metal. The yeah. the drummer. Yeah, uh, I thought that one also did a really. It adds a lot to the storytelling, which I don't always catch that as part of a sound editing gig. But that they're, yeah. they're kind of essential on both of those two movies. It's kind of crazy. Like I mean,
0: there is this adage that like seventy-five or eighty percent of a movie is the sound and. You don't realize it when you're watching the finished product just how much work goes into the sound of a film. Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the more recent examples I saw of that that was actually really kind of neat to watch was uh, when I was re-watching the Shield. They had a special feature that was just about the sound design of a, a, a scene of the Shield, and it's a scene where they're ba- they're basically um, like they're not in a SWAT team, but it's kind of that situation where they're like sieging an apartment building and they build the scene up from, uh, from background noise that they add into it. Um, what they were actually able to record on the day, like which lines were recordable and made it into the show. And then there's, um, a whole thing from what they call their loop group, which are like background voice actors that are like people calling that you never see that are like in the background of, you know, like some guy calling down the street, like, Hey baby, what's going on? Like that sort of thing happening. And then, um, uh, there's like a sound effects, uh, like Foley artists layer of like people putting on bulletproof vests or pots shattering across, uh, somebody's, you know, across the ground in front of somebody as it's breaking and so you watch this same scene six different times with these six different passes of the audio and then the last time it's all put together and it's like dear god like they that much effort goes into this 90 second sequence from a tv show and I had watched that episode, you know, I've watched it like six times, but I had watched that episode like three days before I watched the special feature um, where they went through all of that. And you just don't think about it. And then I went back to watching the show and I continued to not think about it. Um, it's just it's it's magic. Um, and it, it it's uh, so important to the whole process. So. Um, anything else, Nathan?
2: Oh, uh, I didn't know it was my turn. I, I jumped in on a couple other people's things. Uh, I think the only other thing um, that I would say I probably watched was WandaVision. I'm about four episodes in. That's as many as have dropped. I think probably everybody else is watching that too. Um, I, I'll i just give you my quick take on it. Well, I mean, those of us who <laughs> like good Marvel things are into it will say Dale is shaking his head because he'll he'll pass judgment, I'm sure. But, um, I don't have you know, Disney I, plus <laughs> but I I got to say, I mean, I I'm str- starving for a little bit of that universe right now because it's just been so long for any of that stuff to come out with anything new. Far from uh, especially home. on the TV side. I mean, cuz the, the TV shows that were humming and going about 2 years ago were a lot of them were really pretty phenomenal. Um this one, it is taking a long time to get going if you ask me. I they 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 spend a little bit too much time up front trying to establish this TV show within a TV show's situation where I think they could have added more of the mystery much earlier or much quicker um to kind of make it more interesting to watch than just like nostalgic trip back to black and white TV land. Um, do you, you think know, that's so.
0: because there's so little other Marvel stuff going on that you feel that way? Or do you think that this show, because the show has to carry all that weight for you that it's, you know, not not doing it, or that
2: I, this is the I way think, the show should. You be. know, so I mean, all you have to do is look at the preview squares of the first four episodes, and you can kind of see that like the first two episodes are black and white episodes, and the third episode is a color episode. Looks like it's more from the seventies, and they get to the fourth episode, and they actually start talking about the story of why the fuck things are going on the way they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I. I think it took way too long to get to the fourth episode. I don't think they needed episode two at all. I think they could have crammed more of the mystery into episode one and been just fine. Um, it was especially distracting because I felt like I had to rewatch one and two. Cause I thought maybe I missed something and truth was I didn't miss anything. <laughs> okay. So I, I kind of feel like they're, they've got somewhere they're going, but it, it took them too long to get going. So
5: fair enough. I mean, I. I I mean,
2: the guys that are watching it, what do you guys think?
5: I feel like if it had come out when it was supposed to come out, um, like what after Falcon and Winter Soldier, after Black Widow, I think it would be much easier to digest. Like Dale was saying, I think it's the placement of it is making it a little harder to swallow. Because I'm I'm with you. I wish it had moved a little bit faster. But if if this was like the third or fourth thing I was getting this year, Marvel wise, I would be like, oh, yeah. okay, it's a cute little. That's what of I was pace. thinking. Like um, the hole
0: in the movie universe has really created this vacuum, and that if you don't have something more fast paced to fill that, you know, if you have a slow moving TV show and you're only getting it once a week, that um, that can kind of kind of drag you down yeah
1: yeah sure. and if it would have come out like all at once then it wouldn't feel as slow uh, either. yeah
0: absolutely that's absolutely. true absolutely I mean we're so I got, binge spoiled right
1: <laughs> yeah well, I mean like for me
0: like I like I said before I don't have Disney plus I didn't see the Mandalorian week to week and then I ended up getting season one to watch and I watched three episodes of that and I was like you know what I'm glad people like this I don't care I don't need this in my life <laughs> Um but it it it's fine. It it's really
3: well made. Um not my thing. Um so I personally think that WandaVision is teaching us how to watch television again. <laughs> 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 like we've forgotten after we've
2: been sitting in our houses for the last yes. twelve months, basically. <laughs> Forgot yes. how to be
4: patient you, for you a bingers.
2: week. Yeah, That's yeah, it's about all exactly. I know how to do.
0: So I am up to date on ninety day fiance.
4: Oh, God.
2: <laughs> I mean, we scratched the bottom of the barrel in this last 12 months and watched, you know, Tiger King. Come on. I,
4: like
0: I just said, I've, I'm up to date on 90 Day Fiance. I've been sparing you guys all of my updates on that.
4: <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Um,
0: but week to week, I mean, there's been nine episodes this year already, and they're all an hour and a half, and I've well, maybe watched you them do all. do like
4: a some end of season sum up package.
0: Uh, like a book report. People yeah. are stupid, and they probably shouldn't get married. Like that's
4: and done. Uh, that's
0: that's, that's the you.
5: that's the whole show. Um, Josh, how about you? Um, I have some friends of mine, and I have been rewatching X Files from yes. the beginning again. Nice. Um, and making a mixed drink to match Ooh. each episode. So uh, I'm yeah.
4: intrigued.
5: Yeah, we uh, this past weekend we watched uh, the Erlenmeyer flask and bought Erlenmeyer flasks to make uh, shots in. That is um, awesome. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. Maybe um, you and Alicia need it, to start a podcast.
4: I know. Tell me what time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somehow it. Somehow yeah. I'm going to
2: get drunk along yeah. on that,
0: I think. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yes, you are. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> the XX files with, like, X's over your eyes.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs>
0: um, yeah. If I don't, I might become an ex. Um, oh,
4: stop. <laughs> oh, no, <yikes. laughs>
0: Watch the X Files talk about your um, exes.
4: Oh, God. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm in. Oh, no. I'm so in.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, let's, let's not do that one. Um, but, uh, <laughs> this episode's uh, a lot like a girl other, I dated.
0: No, never mind.
5: <laughs> <laughs> this monster reminds me a lot of this person I knew back in the school. It mind. just kept oh, going.
0: Yeah.
5: B.I. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's my favorite moment from The X-Files. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. Um the uh the only other thing by the way my connection is iffy. Can you hear me okay? You sound okay. fine to us. Um yeah. The uh San Francisco Sketchfest was supposed to happen this past weekend. Um so they did a Festpocalypse uh streaming thing. Uh, I saw ads for that. Was it good? It was pretty good. It was uh, like the kids in the hall and the state and uh, Saturday Night Live alums and um, a whole bunch of sketch troops. Alan Arkin and Kevin Pollack recreated a scene from The In-Laws with Kevin Pollock doing the uh, Peter Falk nice. yeah, version. Um, just some really funny stuff. And then a lot of stuff was just like Pat Oswalt saying, sorry, I couldn't be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's not a joke at all, just yeah, just people talking. Um Maria Bamford didn't do anything, but um uh, it was kind of a mixed bag, but I'm glad I watched it. It was twenty bucks, but it was like four hours of content. So um if you yeah. if you want to see Triumph, the insult comic dog and Weird Owl <laughs> face off with each other, then uh I do. You know, it's worth it, yeah. <laughs> right on well
0: josh suggested our movie this week it was thoroughbreds um i believe josh and i are the only ones that had seen it before uh so uh zach let's start with you what did you think of thoroughbreds
3: yeah i uh i'm still processing it um it's no picnic at hanging rock um that's just gonna be my (laughs) go-to should we just rename the podcast (laughs) it's no picnic yeah um i i saw a little like synopsis i think or something for it uh when i was trying to uh look where to watch it and then i think i saw something that was like american psycho meets something or other it's in the trailer and i was like Cool. Yeah, I was like American cool. American cool, psycho cool. meets Heathers is in the trailer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Heathers, right, yeah. And I was like, that sounds fun. I think I'm gonna enjoy this. And and then I love Anya Taylor Joy. I think she's great. I, I can watch her in anything. She was about the only thing that I really cared about in this entire film. <laughs> i uh i I, like i didn't hate it but yes i think the pacing was not necessarily my speed um the story didn't really capture me like i didn't really care how the girl killed the horse like it wasn't like i don't know why everyone was so like at the party they're like i saw pictures bro and i mean like (laughs) i don't know you know and then you find out about it it's like oh well she was just trying to do like a thing like anyway i just um yeah, like uh, my, one of my favorite mo- – I thought it was supposed to be a comedy, and I think I only laughed once um, or something like that. Um, and then my favorite part was like the mention of the movie Swim Fan, yeah. where, <laughs> <laughs> where I was like, that's a random – just like, okay, uh, you know. Um, and it was in um, – uh, what's the guy's name who passed away? Anton, um, Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, this is his last film, so that was kind of like you know one of those moments to – Think about, um, but uh, yeah, last, uh,
0: last filmed role. uh, There were a couple of movies of his that came out after this, but uh, yeah, he filmed this uh, shortly before he died in 2016 and the movie came out in 2017.
3: So yeah, yeah. It was like the filming wrapped in June and he also died in June. Yeah. Which was crazy. Um, But yeah, all in all, like, you know, it it was a watch. Thanks, Josh. Um, No problem. Yeah. Saman uh, Taylor Joy is always fun. Alicia, how about you? Uh
4: I liked it. I, I thought it was pretty good. It was one that had uh not really been on my radar, and so I liked uh finding out about that. Uh and uh I liked I liked Olivia Cook a lot and just you know that that idea of okay what if a sociopath is totally aware at a very young age and what are they going to do with it you know um i it was there's a little bit of hitchcock in some ways almost like a stranger's on a train Mm kind of thing but i kept asking myself like what is um uh, amanda that's her name what is amanda getting out of this so that was something for me i kept i mean the only thing i could kind of think of as to what she's getting out of it is some amusement i mean i want to say friendship because she doesn't have any friends but does she care so I didn't really know like you know here she was often commenting on people just doing what they're supposed to do because that's what you're supposed to do in polite society and that's how you're supposed to feel and react and how she doesn't have to worry about that but then I'm like so then is this just for amusement? Are you amused? Like what What are you doing in this whole scenario? It's not just because mom wants you to bone up for the, AC or the SAT or something. So well, I think that's that- how
0: it starts out. And it yeah. sort of, uh, I mean, it alludes to the fact that they've known each other since like forever. They've been, you know, classmates for a long time. Um, but I think after like the first or second meeting, that uh, it's Lily that keeps bringing Amanda back.
4: Yeah, I mean that obviously that's that's what's going on. She goes to the house to then find Amanda after Amanda stops calling. But I just, you know, why is Amanda still calling? You know, it's it's just I, I guess it's just they're they're kind of playing with each other and with w- what each other's like, and maybe she finds it interesting this whole scenario with the stepdad and everything. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I thought everything besides being um, kind of a smart take on this whole, maybe you might think an old story of, you know, let's get rid of the stepdad, but um, I like how everything is very neat. Everything's very tidy. Everything had a purpose. All the, you know, little things they showed, the little things they say kind of all ties everything together really into a nice package. Um, I like, you know, how at the beginning she gets to the house before Lily comes down the stairs and she's looking at the big blown up photo of Lily on the horse, looking all happy. And of course, she's trying to mimic her look in the mirror. But then then that kind of comes back at the end when she's at the um, mental hospital, because I don't know, juvenile detention center, whatever that is. Um, and, And you see that basically it was a photo of the both of them that had been cropped. Yeah. Uh, from when they were kids. So there was lots of little things like that I really liked, and and I thought the end tied up really nice with some of the, you know, kind of them switching roles as to who really cares about who more and things like that. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So thanks, Josh.
0: Christine, how about you?
4: I liked
1: it. I like movies that kind of play on different psychological things like that. Um, definitely makes you think about... Uh, who has kind of a more grasp on what's good and what's bad. Because at the beginning, uh, Olivia Cook's character is talking about how she has to work harder at doing the right thing. And it definitely shows throughout the movie how uh, Andy Taylor-Joy is choosing to do the wrong thing like she is making those conscious decisions to kill her stepdad and uh olivia cook is definitely trying to steer her away from that at some points even though she originally put that idea in her head um
0: or did she and
1: then (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and then it kind of goes back and forth between that like which is more evil, the one who doesn't have any feeling or the one who has the feeling and is choosing to do wrong. Yeah. Um, and I love those kind of movies. Uh, and then I also was doing a little bit of reading after I watched the movie and I uh, saw that it was originally supposed to be a play, like it was written as a yeah. play. And so that's why it was marked off like part the one and like part markings, two. Yeah, yeah. The chapter markings are like different acts of the play, and that shows. Especially, uh, they do the killing of the stepfather as they would in the play. It's all done off screen, uh, just which like it would be on stage. Is my
0: favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah,
1: that that's slow scene. Yeah. push in
0: to Olivia yeah. Cook sleeping on the couch yes. and everything's happening in the background and in the sound it's just wonderful.
4: That, what was it a rowing machine or whatever it was yeah. that we were hearing that yeah. was Yeah. Great. <laughs>
1: exactly. And I love that like that was great. It was very well done. So.
2: Yeah. Nathan? Um I don't think I loved it quite as much as those that have said they have professed their love for it so far. Um I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of like C minus B territory um i i did like it i did enjoy it um i i think as i was watching it it drew a lot of comparisons to this story being told in other places um so the the two or three that kind of came to mind were um the first season in particular of the end of the fucking world which is a pretty phenomenal show on uh netflix um and i think it's a little more interesting to watch um the second one being Ingrid goes West, um, which is very similar. And then of course, Dexter first season, I'm going to stick to just the first season on that. Cause that's the only season they really seem to stick to the, he doesn't feel things part of the plot really consistently. Um, but I, you know, I enjoyed it. Okay. Mainly because the performance of the two actresses was really good. And the murder scene, as you said, I told, I was going to say the exact same thing. It's, it's, pretty much spot on. It's almost like the director had the idea for just that and got to fulfill that little wish and then he built a movie around it. Um, but I, I kind of wish there were maybe a little bit more, a few, few other characters to maybe interact with, but because um, it's a pretty small cast. I, I think we talked about a, a movie I picked a little bit ago called uh, Lady Macbeth. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that particular podcast, it's really similar in that it's there's not a lot of characters in it. Um, yeah, there's basically
0: kinda, five yeah, characters in this. And one of them
2: dies. So there you go. Um, At the end. You know, I think Anton Yelchin <laughs> actually was a really good addition to this cast because the 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 two girls, they own 90% of this movie as scenes between the two of them. Right. Uh, and the occasional Anton Yelchin scene pretty much is about what it boils down to and then the dad being a dick a couple times. And And I think that's the other piece of this that I think – I didn't quite see enough of the dad and and maybe that's intentional for to make for, me to make you what? Well, to make me a buy in, I think to how much she hated him in the first place. Oh, I mean, he, okay. We saw just a little bit of it, but I, I, to go from just living with it to, I'm going to actually perform murder and kill this guy. That's a pretty big leap, and I think to see that I almost needed to see just a tiny bit more of why he was such harshness on her vibe. But well, okay.
3: he he was like way worse to the mom than he was to her, at least from the perspective that we got. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and
2: and and maybe that's all we needed to see. I don't know, but I I did kind of feel like that that leap of her jumping to murder that quick just because the idea got planted in her head seemed like a stretch i i wasn't quite buying it so but that's that's my take on it i did overall enjoy it i love the two actresses that are in this Uh, i really enjoyed olivia cook when she was in uh bates motel uh and a couple of other things i've seen her on so um it was nice to see them both doing something and of course i've always loved anton yelchin pretty much everything i've seen not just star trek uh so it was good to see him get to have another role
0: okay well, as the only one besides the suggester who had seen this before, um, I will go last. Um, and if it weren't already apparent from my reaction when Josh suggested it last week, uh, I love this movie. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. Uh, here's my um, here's here's my brief history with with thoroughbreds and 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 what I like about it so much. Um, I actually didn't see this movie until. Uh, 2019 uh, a bunch of uh, internet reviewers that I follow had seen it and praised it and said gobs of good things about it and that it's really something to check out um, I saw a movie at TIFF in 2019 called Bad Education starring Hugh Jackman and Allison Janney and uh, Ray Romano uh, that was this director's second film Thoroughbreds being his first film um, I liked Bad Education so much that I finally got over the uh, synopsis of this movie sounding dull as hell and and went and watched it anyway. And uh, it completely blew me away. And I really liked it uh, the first time I watched it. I think I like it more now that I've seen it a second time. Um, because my read of it after after seeing it, after, after the whole story is revealed and going back and watching it again from the beginning, I have more of a feeling that Anya Taylor-Joy wanted this to happen from the beginning. This was her quest. This was her goal, was to get this girl that did this insane, crazy thing that people were pretty sure she was nuts to begin with to get her to befriend her enough to make it make sense that she was over at her house so that she could roofie her and kill the father. And that the only like real like moment of emotion from her, the only real like, uh, uh, hesitation, uh, if you want to call it that is, is when, Olivia cook first starts to drink the, the roofie and she's like, I I was going to do this to you and I, I can't, I can't watch you drink this and do this. And Olivia cooks just like, fuck it and drinks it and is like, go coach. We're on let's, let's do this thing. (laughs) And, uh, uh, so it, it has a very different feel. The second time you watch through it, knowing, that's where it's going to end up. You, you, you look, you're watching Anya Taylor joy out of the side of your eye a lot more. The second time, the first time through, I, I, I'm focused on the Olivia cook sociopath character and she's much more, um, she's much more of quote unquote, the lead uh, from appearances, uh, the first time around, but there's so much more going on with Anya Taylor joy. That you just you just don't notice until Act Four the first time or chapter four the first time you watch through it, and then that second time through it, and you're like, oh, oh, she knows exactly what she's doing. She's she's pressing all of the right buttons and she's making sure that this girl's really really a sociopath and really, you know, the the perfect Patsy for this this job that she wants to do and get rid of the guy. Um Also, watching through it the second time, um, I think I had kind of similar notions about the dad that it was just kind of like, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks that he's trying to send you off to this other school and, you know, he's kind of an asshole most of the time. This time through, I was like, this guy fucking sucks. This guy is the worst. Um, I I wrote down the line uh, that Olivia Cook says was like, He's a cock. Is that new information for us? I mean, he's not even that off base about you and your like inability to like realize that other people have their own lives and their own needs and their own, you know, it's that scene where he tells her, you know, we're not all your maids. We're not all your uh, personal trainers, that kind of thing. He kind of has that, that talk with her. It's like the, I think that's the last time he says anything in the movie. And she goes off on him and Olivia cook's just like, he's a cock. Is that new information to us? It's like, we, we knew this about him already. Um, some interesting things I noticed, um, they're watching the other version of gaslight, not the one that we talked about on the podcast, but, um, the, uh, mm-hmm. the other version of the movie, uh, that was made, uh, early in the movie. And then they're watching a Shirley temple film during the, uh, the murder sequence. Um, I don't.
1: The little princess. There you go. Yeah.
3: I knew somebody yep. would know it.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep.
3: That's what I thought it was. Yep. And he and the dad calls her a princess at one point too. Yeah. Uh, um. That's I why think I this, assume that's yeah. which one it was actually.
0: <laughs> I, I. I think the cinematography for this is breathtaking. Um, the they just f- fill that sixteen by nine with faces all the time but that face is half the screen. And then there's so much going on in the background. There's so much other stuff like every shot seems to have like three different motive motives going on at the same time. Um, there's always something beautiful to look at on the screen. And I'm not just talking about the actresses. I'm talking about like what they're shooting. (coughs) Um, and, uh, Uh, When we were talking earlier about uh, sound design, there's this thing that they do with the score where string instruments are used in this really bizarre way all throughout the movie, but it gets more and more intense as the movie goes on. You start hearing these things that sound like dog whines or like something whimpering, and it's a stringed instrument. And they're just putting it in in like random spots all throughout the movie. And then it gets more intense as the movie sort of ramps up. So that by like the end of act three, early act four, any of the really tense scenes, they just got this like <laughs> kind of noise going on. Really cool stuff. So I really like uh, this movie. I really like this uh, director. If you haven't seen Bad Education, Whether you like this movie or not, go see Bad Education. It's a crowd pleaser. It's wonderful. It is a comedy. It is dark. It is um, a crime story. Um, It may be the best performance that Hugh Jackman's ever had. Um, And uh, Allison Janney and Ray Romano are also both fantastic in it. Um, So I I really, really liked it. Um, But as is tradition on the show, I have to say... What the hell, Josh?
5: <laughs> Man, uh, it's hard to follow all that. Um, yeah, I think you guys have hit uh, <laughs> on a lot of the reasons I enjoy this movie so much. Um, I saw it in the theater when it came out, uh, a very empty theater. It was just my friends and I. Um, but, uh, and this was after The Witch, so I already knew who Anya Taylor Joy yeah. was. That was 2015, I think. Yeah, something was the witch. So I was like, oh, she's somebody I should probably pay attention to. She's probably going to be pretty spectacular. Somebody, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, and Olivia Cook, I didn't really know that well, but she really impressed me in this one. just the acting uh, the cadence of the dialogue uh, I really got into. Um, the dry comedy, it's super dry and super dark. Yes. Um, but I did I laughed a few more times than Zach probably. Um, but I, I feel like
0: I feel like teenagers and maybe particularly teenage girls mm-hmm. would just absolutely riot at this movie. <laughs> But maybe that's just my dark, twisted sense of what teenage girls are like. I don't know. Yeah, no idea um, how, how a teenage girl would react. <laughs> but,
5: uh, uh, I've only got a few more months, and I'll have one. So. Oh, well, oh, boy. Yikes.
1: Yeah, um, that's right.
5: Yeah, um, I, I was doing some reading, too, afterwards, and um, I, I liked how uh, the director was saying, you know, you've got – neither of these girls would have done something – would have done a whole murder unless they had met each other. So you have the will with uh, uh, Olivia Cook, Olivia Cook, yeah, and then the the motive with uh, Anya Taylor Joy, and um,
0: and like Christine was saying, it's like you have a person who has no morality right. and a person who seemingly does have morality, and it's a question of which of them
5: is actually doing the evil thing, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, the, I like that the, there was a giant chess scene in it uh, foreshadowing Queen's Gambit, um, but also... <laughs> that was great. Uh, she was playing an actually great game against herself. She was, yeah. yeah. I noticed that, too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a lot of pawn manipulation in there, too, for a little wink-wink yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um and then Anton Yelchin uh just from his first appearance at the party uh getting cold cocked by a high schooler um, just how low can you go in the movie um uh, he's really a
0: chameleon yeah like i i don't like I, i've seen him and stuff and i don't i don't tend to recognize him from role to role mm-hmm. like there's just something about like Difference in hairstyle and and facial hair like just completely alters him for me. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't see Chekhov in this performance. And I don't see uh, his character from Green
5: Room in this performance. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is another movie of his that I really love, so. Yes, although very hard to watch, uh, uh, or very intense, anyway. I I sweated my way through that movie. That was, uh, yeah. Evil Patrick Stewart is evil. Oh, yeah, indeed. Um, Was he in Charlie Bartlett, too? Has anybody seen that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that one a lot, too. Yeah. yeah he's mm-hmm. in uh, alpha dog odd thomas um some really really yeah. good ones um so yeah i just uh i i wondered like if they had pulled it off with him how would the story have gone differently but there's no way he would ever have killed her dad like um, <laughs> yeah uh I liked how he just grabbed the, ga- the gun and ran, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, that's if I were tricked into that situation, that's probably what I would do too." Uh, I don't care if they release the tape. I will.
3: I will say uh, I stand corrected. I did laugh at the scene where he got uh, out of the, in the hit in the head with the <laughs> lamp, and then woke up in the tub, and that that scene was actually pretty funny too. So, okay, I laughed a couple more times, guys.
4: <laughs> yeah, the tub scene was good.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, everybody, the final scene, everybody's already talked about it, but yeah, that was the standout scene to me too. Um, well, it's not the final scene, which is interesting. Well, right. Um, so
0: the they, um, <laughs> they, they have the uh, this epilogue, and I'm interested to get people's take on it um, because we have um, it's Anya Taylor Joy runs into Anton Yelchin, who is now in the second job that we've seen him in in the movie. He's now a valet somewhere. He's really moving up in the world. Mm-hmm. He's not washing dishes at the nursing home anymore. He's he's uh, he's parking cars at a restaurant somewhere. And Anya Taylor-Joy tells him a version of reality. And then uh, we hear uh, an update from Olivia Cook's character, which Anya Taylor-Joy's character then says she didn't read and threw away. Mm-hmm. So... Is that letter what happened to Olivia Cook's character, or is that what's in Anya Taylor Joy's head about what happened to that character? And everything that she says is bullshit. Mm. Um, Which is something. Yeah, which is, I mean, I think it's an open question. I don't think there's there's a right answer to it. Um, Because when she says she just threw it away, it's like, oh, maybe we just saw. A window into, you know, her fantasy version of how Olivia Cook's doing instead of how she's actually doing.
5: That would explain the genuine smile at the end for Olivia Cook, um, looking at the unfolded poster of both of them together. I didn't get a feeling that was her replicating the smile. I got the feeling that was her actually smiling at it. So it was like, yeah, that would make sense if that would, like a happy ending. And, and you Taylor Joy's idea of a happy ending for Olivia Cook. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you've convinced me. I need to watch it again. I I liked it. <laughs> Fair I just enough. didn't love it. So, I mean, I I think there's probably more to it that the second round sounds like will be good.
0: Yeah, I think I think knowing what happens at the end re- really colors that second watch of it. Um, and it really is, you know, it's um, it's tense and suspenseful the first time you watch through it, but it is you know, like what a 92 minute movie. Um, it's not, it's not a terrible thing to go back and, and rewatch a second time um, just to see if you can spot some more clues as to what is going through her head.
4: I think now that you said that Dale, it makes a lot of sense to me, especially with that ending and the very cold, cold, Uh, you know thing that uh, Lily does at the end I didn't open the letter you know just that that would make sense that the whole thing was playing her to do what she wanted her to do
0: yeah well and they present I mean Olivia Cook has uh has top billing um which may be alphabetical versus actual top billing um Because they, I mean, they're equally in the movie, but because we start with Olivia Cook walking through the house, it feels. I I think the movie kind of tricks us into feeling like it's her story, right? And I don't think it is. I think that second time you watch it, you're like, "Oh, this has not. This is this is all about what Anya Taylor Joy's character's agenda is."
2: So, do you think that there's a reading of this? especially I'm asking you, Dale, since you've you've kind of gone this leap with it, um, that actually Anya Taylor-Joy is faking all those emotions throughout the entire movie as well? I
0: think you could could go that far. I don't think that she is faking those emotions. I think she's really upset about a lot of the stuff that's going on um, in reality. What I'm saying is more that she's... She's testing the waters of how far Olivia Cook's character will go. And it may not be like her, um, her plan to, uh, to drug her and kill her may not be her exact plan from the beginning, but she's up to something from the beginning. She wants to figure out if there's a way to get rid of this guy. And the whole, um, you know, the whole trying to bring Anton Yelchin in to do it is another like tangent of that exploration for her. It's let me go find the like most criminal person I know. It's like this drug, this like low level goofus, uh, drug dealer wannabe guy. Right. And he's not up to the job, but, this sociopath girl who'll spend as much time with me as I want kind of is. It's like, well, wait a minute. What if I just do it and, and blame it on her? And, and that I think is
2: more sort of the, the journey of it. I mean, I think you could read it that, that, that far along. If, if you assume that the main reason, because otherwise she would be a little bit more like, uh, um, Olivia cook in that, she's more of a don't give a fuck attitude about the fact that she's being treated like crap, except that it's happening to her mom as well, obviously. And maybe that's the one person she feels an attachment to and needs to rescue I can see or that. whatever. I, I can see that. But I, I
0: also think that, um, the thing that, the thing that finally solidifies in her head to kill is that her stepfather is actually right about her at the end when he says you don't care about other people you don't you don't understand other points of view it, it is all about you in your life and so i i don't think she has i don't think she's doing any of this out of sympathy for her mother i think she looks, sees her mother as a weak person um and and kind of a means to an end for the most part Uh, which is why I don't think we see very, I mean, we see that he treats the mother really badly, but she isn't reacting to how her mother's being treated. She's reacting to her own situation and her own problems.
3: So, well, one thing that you did get me thinking about with the ending, uh, is the fact that she does actually lie pretty often, especially right up top. Um, with the, uh, you know, the tutoring situation yeah, and all the stuff Olivia uh, Cook,
0: like has to call around about and like right. call her out on.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that's some interesting manipulation tactics in terms of like what you're saying, Dale, about getting her into this position to do this thing because she needs someone to do this for her, take the fall or be the patsy or whatever. So there is a series of tactics she can use, And she's a smart girl. We know she is, you know. Um, Did we ever find out what she got expelled for from the one school? Plagiarism. Ah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, the other thing I think that that's kind of um, a key item in understanding why um, she doesn't, she doesn't decide to uh, give the job of killing the father to Olivia cook's character is that she finally gets Olivia cook's character to explain the killing of the horse and Olivia cook's killing of the horse. Isn't like a cold blooded. Um, I just felt like destroying this animal sort of thing, which is kind of what she's hoping it's going to be. Right. We find out that it's actually like, it was a mercy killing. She just didn't do a very good job of it. And so then she's like, Okay, well, I can't ask her to, you know, murder someone in cold blood because that's not who she is, but you know, she's 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 evaluating all these options all the way through. It's it, it her her mind is ticking the whole way through of how to resolve her situation.
2: Ironically, the killing of the horse might be the most compassionate thing either of the two of them do in the movie. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean, and it, you know, of course,
0: thematically ties back in with the whole thoroughbreds thing and the uh, um, the thematic idea of that of of privilege. And, you know, that these are two very, very well off, you know, white girls in Connecticut who are doing very dark and devious things um, that are kind of unnecessary, but they do them anyway so that is thoroughbreds uh zach it is your turn to suggest another movie what would you like for us to watch next
3: yeah i'd like for us to watch a film on netflix called an evening with beverly Lynn." all right well thanks everybody for the discussion thanks everybody out there for
0: listening we will see you on the next deeply discussing movie podcast